Grown and The Moth are excited to partner with Graduate Hotels to celebrate storytelling across generations. Visit any of Graduate's 30-plus hotels and you'll discover storytelling is at the heart of everything they do, especially when it comes to their unique, locally-inspired interior designs. Not only has The Moth hosted a series of open-mic story slams at Graduate Hotels, but members of our staff have also had the privilege of visiting graduate hotels as guests. From Ann Arbor, Michigan to Oxford, England, our team has experienced firsthand the rich storytelling and memorable design touches that make a graduate stay so special. So the next time you're visiting a beloved college town or dropping by your alma mater, stay at graduate hotels and save up to 30% with exclusive code MOTH. Thanks again to Graduate Hotels for their generous support and their commitment to telling the unique stories of their local communities. Go book your stay now at graduatehotels.com and remember to use code MOTH for up to 30% off. So 2020 sucked, and then I broke my ankle in three places. Indoor dining had just opened in limited capacity, and my then-boyfriend and I went on a date for the first time in months. And we're sitting in this restaurant, and I had to go to the bathroom. So I get up. And this is a restaurant I'd been to before. And I knew where the bathroom was. But I think being inside a restaurant for the first time after a long time, I was kind of disoriented. I didn't realize how loud restaurants were. And this particular restaurant had a little water fountain situation in the middle of it. And I walked in the wrong direction because I think I was just so overwhelmed. And when I realized I was going the wrong way, I spun around, took one step, and that's when it broke. And I knew instantly it was broken, so I like pulled my shoe off, and I'm lying on the floor of this restaurant holding what, my already swollen ankle in my hand. And it's so loud that the only people that have really noticed that this has happened are the people I'm directly next to, literally who are mid-dinner. And then I started screaming and more people realized. And I was like very aware of the fact that this was probably a bizarre scene. I think someone even took a photo, which like I'm not mad at, you know, it was a weird scene, me holding my foot in the air in the middle of this restaurant. But I kept screaming until the ambulance came, I kept screaming after they left with me in it into the hospital where they wrapped me up, put me in a hard cast, and I sat on my ass for the next month. Did that make you, like, rethink your relationship with your body? Yeah, I mean, I think not having access to my full range of motion really woke me up to the privilege that I have of being able-bodied and gave me a whole new appreciation for the skin that I'm in. I think um, I never really was fully aware of my body as it is, but I live in it every day, and it takes care of me. And I think through this experience, I learned to take care of it a little bit more. Grown. 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 I'm Fonzo. And I'm Aliza. And this is Grown, a podcast from the moth full of stories about what it means to grow up. In this episode, we're going to be looking at one of the most important parts of growing up, how your body changes, gets weirder, sometimes grosser, but becomes something new. First up is Annie Byer Shavitz with a story that's all about finding yourself in your own body. Um, So when I was a little girl, I had a pair of gigantic boobies. (laughs) 
when they started to come in, I was pretty excited about it, um, mostly because I didn't know initially that they were going to be gigantic. I was just like, sweet, boobies. Um, which came with, you know, a lot of, uh, a lot of clout in the sixth grade. <laughs> and as the summer approached, I was really excited to go to the local Target and buy a bathing suit, not from the children's section, but from the women's section. And, you know, at this point, my boobs weren't huge. They weren't small. Um, but I needed an extra small bottom and an extra large top. And I bought this bikini, and I wore it around. I felt super cool. Um, but then my boobs did this thing where they kept growing a lot. And by the next summer, when I needed a new bathing suit, um, I found out that I couldn't buy them at Target anymore, like at all. I had sized out of Target bathing suits by 13. I, I had to buy my bathing suits now on a website called BigAssBras.com. <laughs> and they sell these special bras and bathing suits for women who have abnormally large breasts. And they're hideous and sad and expensive. And the bathing suits come in all of one style and all of two colors. You can choose between black and gray. And once I bought these bathing suits, I realized that I had a choice between either wearing them in public, which um, after doing that a couple of times, I realized wasn't really an option because it solicited so much attention from boys and girls and men. And then the other option was to just sit on the sidelines in a t-shirt at every pool party and beach vacation. So that's what I did. Um, I did that for about 10 years as my boobs grew and grew and never stopped growing. Um, and around that time is when I was asked for the first time if I would consider getting a breast reduction. And you know, when I was 12, 13, I was like, mm, you know, I just kind of got these things and... I kind of want to see where it goes. I mean, they're probably going to stop growing soon, right? Right? But they, they didn't. Um, and I kept getting asked by friends and friends' parents and strangers on the street, anybody who looked at my body and said, hey, you're kind of shaped like the number seven. Are you thinking about correcting that pathology, like with surgery? And eventually, as I went from a to B to C to D to double D to triple D to F to G to H to I to J. I had to think about it a little bit more seriously. And so that's where I was at last summer and last winter. And I was slated to have one of those summers again on the sidelines in a T-shirt. Um, but that's when I decided to let a surgeon slice me open, take two and a half pounds off of my body, sew me back up, and send me back out for summer of 2021. Thank you. So I've had to sort of, um, you know, get used to my new body, but I'm psyched about it. There's a lot of things that are great, and I can't get into all of them here for time, obviously, but um, one major one is back pain. You know, that's, like, gone. It was debilitating and chronic before. Just, it's over. Um, I don't have to worry when I wear a button-down shirt anymore that the buttons are going to go flying all over the place at any given moment, and I can finally do that pose in yoga where you put your legs up in the air without feeling like I'm going to suffocate <laughs> under the mask of my own chest, um, but perhaps most excitedly, the other day, I went to Target, and I bought not one, but two bathing suits, in my size, off the rack, <laughs> like anybody else, 
And I don't want to make it sound like I just had this thing I didn't like about my body and decided to change it with surgery because there was a lot between point A and point B. I went to a lot of therapy. I dealt with a lot of pain, both physical and emotional. I had the eating disorders, and I, I worked to get my self-esteem high and to try and really love myself. And I hit a ceiling at a certain point with acceptance. I just accepted my body, and that was huge for me, and I was happy with it for a little while. Um, but at a certain point, I felt like there might be something beyond that, and that if I had the courage to just reach out and grab it, that maybe I could find this, this kind of like self-love of my body, to really love it, not just to tolerate it and feel neutral about it, but to love it. And now that I'm a couple months post-op, um, I can safely say that I do love my new body, but I found something maybe a little bit more substantial than love. I found peace because this summer, for the first summer since I was a little girl, I get to spend it at home in my body. Thank you. That was Annie Byershavitz. When we asked her how her younger self would describe her now, she said, My younger self would probably be disappointed that I'm not a world-famous model, dancer, singer, actress married to Cole Sprouse with three children by now, and also that I haven't gotten much taller. But I think she would also be awed by the abundance of what I do have that she always wanted most. Love, happiness, a strong sense of self, and an incredible collection of vintage clothes. Annie, I think we'd be besties. (sighs) Can't we all just marry Cole Sprouse? (laughs) For more on Annie and her journey, go to themoth.org slash grown. We'll also have information on every storyteller we feature there, bonus content, links to our social media, and all good stuff. Up next, we'll share a story that looks at what it really means to be body positive. But first, Annie's story has got me thinking about, dun-dun-dun, puberty. Fonzo, what was puberty like for you? <laughs> Lonely, I guess. I I uh, grew up in a household of just um, women. Mm. It was just my mom and my two sisters. My father wasn't really around uh, like that or present. So uh, my mom didn't really know what to like, uh, what was it like for, you know, a male kid to go through puberty. But, you know, yeah, how about you? Oh, I mean, awful. Like for everybody else, you know, just— Puberty sucks. Your body changing can be weird. But I think um, my mom prepared me pretty well, and she bought me all the, like, American Girl doll books on puberty that were really popular in the 2000s. So I had great illustrations on what body changes are. But then I would, like, compare myself to the illustrations and never felt like it was quite right. So that was fun. I think, though, like, something that's really important for us to remember is that puberty is definitely a time of rapid body changes and growth, but we're always growing physically and emotionally and mentally. And I think the journey that we have with our physical selves is ongoing, and we shouldn't ever feel super pressured to have it all figured out by 17 or something, because I definitely don't have it figured out. I wish I knew that back then. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. So speaking of growing— I'm wondering how you feel in your physical body. Like, you're a pretty tall guy, but have you ever felt small? Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, (laughs) I'm six foot, by the way, since we're putting (laughs) kites out there. I, growing up where I, I, in the South Bronx where I came from, uh, I always just felt small. 
I always wanted to be like my father, who was like a strong looking dude. You know what I'm saying? And I felt, you know, I felt like inferior. I really felt like I couldn't defend myself. I was really small and there was just always the bigger kids. And I had to, you know, uh, got into a lot of squabbles and didn't win. <laughs> there was not a lot of winning. But uh, yeah, so I, I always felt like I needed to be bigger. But uh, it was a struggle. So. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I think that it's so frustrating when other people make you feel something that you've never felt independently. You know, like, you didn't feel small until someone else made you feel small, and that sucks. Yeah. But I think getting to a point where you feel at home in your body is realizing that you are the only one, really, who gets to determine who you are or how you feel. And that can happen at any point. Like, our next storyteller, she's young, and she figured it out at a younger age. Um, But I think it's an ongoing journey for lots of people, too. Yeah, definitely. Now, here's Adia Haliger, one of the Moth's high school storytellers. Okay, so when I was born, I had a body. So it was just, it was just, I just like think it's how everyone comes out. I'm not sure. But um, um, growing up, I didn't really like know it was there, if that makes sense. It was just like there. Like you like have a head and then there's like stuff under it behind. And so, um, but I was, I have a West Indian family and I don't know if they make the right comments sometimes to little kids. You always hear like little thing when you see all the family and they come around and you just meet, you keep meeting new people every time you go to these family reunions. They're like, oh my God, when she gets older, she has a great body. I can tell, which is, I'm like five. When, like, <laughs> I was like, she's gonna have a great body. So I'm like, all right, I don't know what that means. It's just like a head and there's stuff underneath. But like, I was like, okay. So I was like, I just didn't listen to it. And I just kept going all throughout it. And then puberty. (laughs) I was the first one in my friend group at the time to go through puberty. I got my period when I was 10 years old. And then things started growing. Places where hair was coming in places I didn't know can come from. I was like, oh, my God. And if you know, with puberty, smells happen. You can't really regulate these smells. (laughs) And... It just wasn't really working out for me. I couldn't figure it out. My mom couldn't figure out. We were just like, what is going on? (laughs) So I don't know why, but in middle school, I went to an all-girls middle school. And man, girls are terrible. (laughs) And I was just like, all right, I'm good. Our school was so strict. We have to stand in a line, two lines up the stairs. And then you're standing there in the stairs waiting for everyone to be quiet while we're going up the stairs to our next class. I hear, oh my God, it smells in here. And we had uniforms. It was even worse. So you just had this like baggy set of clothes on you all the time. And then when you weren't in school, I had dance. So I was in a leotard all the time. And then I, when I wasn't in dance, I was in jeans and a t-shirt. So I just looked terrible all the time. And so... I was like, I got to high school. I was like, you know what? I'm going to wear clothes. I'm going to fall on all these Instagram fashion models, all these plus size people. I'm going to be confident. I'm going to make sure people know that I have a body. (laughs) (laughs) And I get to high school, freshman year. I did was not prepared. <laughs> I was really not prepared. The first thing I make friends, the first thing, oh my God, Adia, you have a nice butt. 
It's like, what is that? <laughs> I'm like, and I just kept hearing, oh my God, do you have a nice butt? Or I just hear from the oh my God, look at that fatty down there. Oh my God. I was like, oh, please stop. And I was just like, I was always wanting to like bless people like purposely because they liked to see my reaction out of it. It's like, oh my God, you look so cute when you tell you that. Stop. <laughs> and I don't know. I just, I just had discovered Wendy's at the time. And so... You know that like freshman 15 you get like when you're in college? <laughs> I got that in my freshman year of high school. So I went from like 110 pounds and I was now like 135. So I'd gained 25 pounds <laughs> in like, uh, like maybe six or seven months. And so my mom did not like that very much. She was like, uh, she's always like, you got to cover it so you don't get the wrong attention, you know, so men don't make comments about you. Again, I am like 15, 14. I don't know what this means. I don't even know if men exist, to be honest. Um, again, I went to an all-girls school. <laughs> this is my first time talking to men, and I'm going to high school. So I'm like, all right, you're just here. No one's noticing you. You don't exist. It's just a head and everything done beneath. And... I get to high school, I'm still wearing the t-shirts and the jeans, and I had just discovered like this really cool like style, a fashion style, like alternative, it was like Japanese fashion. I was like, oh, there's so many bright colors and pastels. I'm like, this is going to be me. And I was just like, you know what? I'm gonna get clothes, I'm gonna get this stuff. So February of junior year, which is like swimsuit season for all the companies for some reason when it's like cold still, and I was like, showing my mom, like, mom, what do you think of this bathing suit? It was like a bandeau top. It had like sleeves on the side and like the top, the bottom was like a high-waisted, like French high cut thing. I was like, mom, what do you think of the top? And she turns to me and she's like, something so, she's like, at least she's going to tell me like someone had died or something. And she's like, you don't have the body to wear that anymore. I hope you understand. Like, it's not like, it's just not how that works. Like you have to cover up. It's not like you don't have the weight is not in the right places, so you can't wear that anymore. And I'm from a West Indian family. You don't talk back to your parents. And so I don't know what it was. I just went and I was like, you know what? I didn't ask you if you thought my body would look good in it. I asked you if you liked it. I know I will look good in it. And it doesn't matter if you don't think so. And she was like, well, I don't care. I guess whatever. And I had left the living room, gone into my bedroom, and I stared at myself in the mirror. And he's like, you know what? It's going to be here. It's not just a head and everything else down below. You have a body, so recognize it. That was Adia Haliger. When we asked her how her younger self would describe her now, she said, my younger self would say, I'm like how she imagined I would be, but with some extra things she didn't expect, a.k.a. spice. Everyone has their own unique relationship to their bodies, and we wanted to get even more perspectives. So we decided to hear from storytellers with the Moths Education Program. Let's take a listen. So my whole life, I've never been skinny, and I've always gotten comments like, suck in your tummy, or like, correct your posture. And one day, I'm not sure like why my mindset changed, but I decided to try not doing that for once. And I realized, like, how much tension my body was holding just to, like, look a certain way and, like, how good it felt to just let it all go. 
So I was really recently talking with my other friend who doesn't know their gender. We were talking about how much we dislike our boobs. And yeah, I guess that's like when like I was like, oh my God, I hate them so much. <laughs> um, so I guess that's like uh, my relationship with my body changed. So I realized that I'm gender fluid. Um, and like sometimes I really like them and like sometimes I'm like, ah, but I also have like a pretty small chest. So yeah, my uh, perception of my body changed when I feel like felt, felt community about it because my friend who doesn't know their gender either was like, yeah, me too. And I'm like, awesome. I love having people who can relate to me. I thought I would never grow a beard and or a mustache. I thought I was just going to be baby-faced forever. But then towards the end of high school, I noticed these whiskers start to form on my on the area where a mustache would grow. And I realized, okay, time to get a razor out. So I took out a razor, started shaving my face, made a couple cuts pretty instantaneously. Um, but then I was like, okay, I'm a real life adult. So when I was younger, I was play wrestling with one of my bros and he like grabbed me by the stomach and suplexed me, but not that hard because you know, we was play wrestling. And he's like, bro, I found some abs there, man. You been working out? I'm like, no, nah, not really. He's like, well, I felt some, I felt a little, some little, little abs there, man. I'm like, you got something going on there, bro. Keep it, keep it up. And I felt good. I'm like, yeah, I got abs. I'm a man. Ah, I got this, man. I was walking back from a play, and I'm in the middle of puberty. I'm a teen ager, and I'm walking back from this play and this musical that I just saw, and all of a sudden, I just start feeling the rain on my skin and the world gets quiet even though there's traffic. And I just realize, you know what? I'm kind of incredible. This living being of mine is kind of amazing. I am amazing. So Fonzo, what's our next episode gonna be about? Well, both of our stories are going to be about how culture shapes us. Here's a clip. I found solace in the stories of the women around me who recalled awkward times that they had their period. But most importantly, I felt proud that I'm part of a culture that celebrates this part in a woman's life. Oh, it's going to be a really good episode. Well, if you want to talk to us about this week's episode or really anything at all, hit us up on TikTok or Instagram at GrownPod. And remember, no matter how old you are, you're never fully grown. Alfonso Lucayo is a Moth alumni from the Bronx, New York. He's passionate, creative, and makes music. And if he's not hosting this podcast, you can find him putting essential oils in his hair. Aliza Cosme is a multimedia storyteller, passionate about using the power of storytelling for the social good. If she wasn't hosting this podcast and had no student loan debt, she'd own the best restaurant in Queens with the best risotto you've ever had. Grown's senior editor is Sarah Jane Johnson, and Grown's senior producer is Mark Sollinger. That's me. With support from the Moth executive producer, Sarah Austin Janess, and our education and artistic teams. Adia Haliger's story was directed by Melissa Brown, with additional coaching from Anesha Roy and Nika Williams. This podcast wouldn't be possible without the work of the Moth's education team Melissa Brown, Anna Stern, and Devin Elise Wilson, as well as our instructors, past and present. Mixing is by Davey Sumner, with original music and sound design by Davey Sumner and Luke Williams. We're grateful to former producer Julia Purcell, intern K.A. Carter, our teen focus group, and everyone who was kind enough to send us audio for our montages. The rest of the Moss leadership team includes Sarah Haberman, Catherine Burns, 
Jennifer Hickson, Meg Bowles, Kate Tellers, Jennifer Birmingham, Marina Cloutier, Suzanne Rust, Brandon Grant, Leanne Gully, Inga Glodowski, and Aldi Kaza. All Ma stories are true, as remembered and affirmed by the storytellers. Grown is presented by PRX. Ever wonder why we want to tell complete strangers our personal secrets? Or what a CIA spy can teach you about keeping things close to the chest? Read about this and see other fascinating articles on secrets in Grown's Pocket Collection. Pocket is a website and app that finds the most thought-provoking articles from trusted sources all around the internet and puts them in one place. With Pocket, you can keep and find new articles to read, save articles for later, and even have your saved articles read aloud to you. If you want to dig deeper into this secret-worthy episode of Grown, head over to Pocket and check out our collection at getpocket.com grown.